welcome back to Hardy Academy's In The Loop podcast. As always, I am your host, Dr. Scott Frizzell, with my good friend, Mr. Trent Williamson. How are you doing today, Trent? Great. Happy New Year. Welcome back to semester number two. We are so glad uh, to be back with you and excited about this week's episode. That's exactly right. But before we get too far, tell us about our good news for the week, Trent. The good news for this week, we had a great break. (laughs) We had a great holiday break. We've been away uh, for a while, but really the good news is that we're off to a great start to the second semester. Kids came back on Wednesday. We had a wonderful day of in-service on Tuesday, and we're excited about another semester. Um, I know there's some basketball games this weekend. Uh, There there were some middle school games last night that were good, so there's already a lot of stuff happening, and we'll, we'll be excited about a great semester. Fantastic. Well, then, without further ado, we're going to dive into our student spotlight for the week. And when we come back, it's our main topic. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our student spotlight of the week. We are here with senior Jacob Horner. Jacob, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us how long you have been at Harding and who your favorite teacher is? Uh, This is my first year at Harding, and my favorite teacher would probably be Miss Morgan. That sounds awesome. Tell me why Miss Morgan is your favorite teacher, Jacob. Because she throw thing she throws things at me. Well, nothing builds love quite like launched objects. I'm sure there's probably some math instruction in there as well, but I'll I'll stick with the thrown objects. Uh, can you tell us a favorite Harding memory you might have made in your short time here so far, Jacob? The summer workouts always were a good start to the day. Um, just building new friends at a place that I hadn't been to before, um, gave me a good introduction to the Harding community. Awesome. And then final question, when you leave us here at Harding, what are your plans and how is Harding helping prepare you for that? I plan to be a mechanical or aerospace engineer. Um, I plan on going to University of Alabama in Huntsville, and Harding has prepared me for that um, just by introducing me. Like, I now know the feeling of going into a new school where other people have already been there for a while. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's a big part of it. All right. Thanks for the time, Jacob. Have a great rest of your day. And we're back. Today we're looking for our main topic at our parent survey trends. You hopefully saw that email come out uh, from Harding Academy on Friday, sharing some summaries of both our Little Harding and K-12 parent surveys. And today we're here with Ann Allen to talk about it all with you. Welcome back to the program, Ann. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're so excited about the survey results, Ann, and all the work that you and uh, your staff does to to gather that data uh just a, some highlights give some highlights of how many surveys we had and uh what kind of positive feedback we received uh, yeah we had a great response we had uh 59 parents respond uh, to our little harding survey and we had uh over 160 respond to our k-12 survey overwhelmingly positive um, comments my favorite question on both surveys is what's your favorite thing about little harding or harding academy And anytime I'm having a bad day, I can go straight to that uh, (laughs) section of the survey and read those responses, and it really makes you feel good. It's a a great uh, document, and she has shared that with me to help me on my bad days, too, so I'm thankful (laughs) for that, Ann. Uh, One one thing that uh, I really am excited about is just how everyone um, 
a lot, most everyone, 90% or above, would recommend Hardy Academy to somebody else. Um, what are our retention goals? How does this relate to survey data and our upcoming enrollment season? Yeah, we always, as a goal, we strive for over 90% retention uh, every year. And in many grades, we are well above that uh, year after year, which is very encouraging. Um, today, uh, the announcement uh, has gone out about continuous enrollment and how that works. If you need a quick reminder, basically you are enrolled at Harding Academy until you tell us otherwise or until your student graduates. So there is nothing for anyone to have to do. There's nothing to re-sign or a new deposit to pay every year. You are in until you tell us otherwise. And our deadline is February the 14th uh, to let us know if you don't intend to be back next year. Um, be, after that deadline, there will be um, a contractual obligation financially. But from now until then uh, is the window of time to let us know. Um, but it is our hope that every student is back next year um, with an overall goal, again, of that 90% or greater um, that we are really great about hitting every year. Yeah, we'd prefer not to hear from you before the 14th of February and have a great Valentine's Day with great news that we have over 90% retention. I got to ask about this comment. It just seems too good to be true. The learning community being built at Harding Academy gives me new hope for the city of Memphis and the future of our world. Who, who in our PR department made that up and put it on this form? <laughs> That's Anne? a real parent. I didn't, I didn't, and not me. I did not submit that. That um, is but it's impressive. wonderful, yes. Uh, we need to market that for sure. That is a great <laughs> comment. And thank you to those of you who uh, put your positive comments about our school. It does build us up and gives us hope, and uh, we're grateful for your positive influence. That's not the purpose of a survey, however, is just to get all the feel-goods uh, and all the things that we are doing well. We know we have areas to improve, and so we wanted to just break down some of those and talk just a little bit about those this week, about some of those areas that uh, we wanted to uh, improve. So let's let's start with Little Harding. Uh, some areas there, Scott or Ann, you want to talk about uh, the areas we wanted to work on there? Well, there's very little. Our parents uh, are very pleased at Little Harding, but the few things, uh, one thing that's consistent is uh, regarding safety and just the facilities that is not our building we don't own it we are limited in what we can control but we have made a lot of improvements in safety over the last year and are continuing to make improvements i'll let scott talk a little more about that all right yeah security wise obviously we're really appreciative of our partnership with uh, the church of christ at white station uh, they elected to add a whole bunch of cameras all over their property. They were really great about consulting with us and letting us have a voice in where we might like to have some um, so that we could contribute to the project a little bit and kind of get what we wanted covered as well. So now we've got cameras at that building. We've got all the doors are all locked all the time with fob readers on the outside for our faculty staff. Um, all of our interior doors are locked all the time during the school day, uh, which is best practices. Um, and then, of course, we also, like at Cherry Road, we installed that shatterproof film uh, on all the doors at our White Station building. That's kind of our phase one. Um, and I think like we've talked about on the podcast before, we've always got security improvements we can make. There's always more things to do, but we're really pleased uh, with the initial steps that we've taken there. Uh, and also, this is a year where we've been spending some time doing some, some research and some comparison at our uh, security company. 
that provides our armed guards on our campuses, kind of scoping out what else is out there in the market. Uh, do we want to make a shift, a change or not? So these are things that we're exploring, always trying to make sure we're, we're serving our families the best as we possibly can. Absolutely, because we all agree that security and safety of all of our students and faculty and staff, parents when they're on campus is of utmost uh, importance. And so all of the efforts at Little Harding we're, we're, have made there, we're grateful for. We will continue to improve, however. Uh, some other areas that we wanted to talk about um, from the survey specifically is there was seemingly uh, some interest in ACT prep. Scott, you want to talk a little bit about that? That's right. Well, and before we pivot too far into K-12 results, I'd specifically mention we're going to talk a little bit about all this today. Uh, but if you want to hear even more or you've got even specific questions, uh, the town hall coming up at the end of the month is just going to be a fantastic time to learn even more. Uh, to hear from Trent and leadership team, get some questions answered, and kind of keep us all on the same page. So a little plug for that right now. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Monday, January 29th at 6 o'clock in our auditorium, and it'll be a great time to review our strategic plan and where we are in that process, as well as these issues, some of these issues we're talking about. We'll go in a little bit more depth. But ACT right. prep. So, yeah, ACT prep. I mean, oh, it's one of those things that you kind of hate to say, man, the ACT is really important. You hate you know, one test having such weight uh, and importance. But unfortunately, right, uh, with our, our college admissions, uh, the state of it is, generally speaking, it's probably pretty important. Um, and, and we hear you very clearly about uh, wanting to make sure we're doing our best to prepare our students for this test in particular, right? Not just for success at the next level, for but how do we translate our knowledge to this test? Because it's in many ways its own language, right? Like, you study for it in a particular way. And so we commit absolutely to doing a better job doing that. I've already been in some real positive conversations uh, with our upper school principal, Ashley Life, about kind of where we're headed with that. So what you can expect from us next year. Uh, number one, we will be offering an elective ACT prep course, a year-long course uh, that students can enroll in. Uh, we know for sure we're going to offer it at least one time during the day. Uh, if there's enough demand and we're able to get it staffed properly, we might be able to do more. But And we'll be uh, putting students in that. We'll let our older students get in first before we put in freshmen. But it's going to be out there. We're going to commit to offering that every year going forward. Uh, we want to do everything we can to prepare and provide these students uh, with the skills to succeed on the ACT, with both the math and the reading aspects in particular. Um, Great. It works. I'm very excited about that. I do want to make one comment. Um, ACT scores are really important, as you mentioned. Um, it is a national trend. You do any research of ACT scores across the country, um, nationally, there has been a pretty substantial dip in achievement test scoring. Um, and again, we'll go back to the fact that we're coming out of a pandemic, right? That we had a series, a season of time in which kids were out of school. And so some of those learning deficiencies we're starting to see come to fruition. ACT scores, one of those areas. All right. And then I would say probably the second piece, right? Like I think the big ACT prep elective class, that's something we can all sink our teeth into and really understand and see how that's valuable. The other piece of it is, you know, as administrators, we have access to some pretty in-depth data on the ACT. Uh, and that's another thing that uh, myself, Ms. Light, our counseling department, our curriculum coordinator, we've been looking at 
in what areas are we noticing any trends where our students are particularly struggling, right? Where are the curricular areas where they're falling short? And maybe that, like you said, Trent, maybe some of that is experiential, is related to the pandemic. Maybe it's how we're instructing That's in this true. assignment. Whatever it is, we're going to fix it. And so we've already done several deep dives on the data to say, okay, now where are the soft spots? Mm -hmm. We know we want to offer an elective, but in our core curriculum, how do we need to make some adjustments mm -hmm. to make sure that these uh, topics that really uh, are important are landing home at the right time in the right place? So we've already made some work to our math curriculum this past year. Um, you can expect to see some more changes coming in science and kind of how we approach those topics in scope and sequence to ensure that we're doing our best job to prepare. So there's that elective, but then I'd say there's also been some serious work on the back in the background on our classes themselves, making sure not just that we're preparing for people for college, because like I said at the beginning, I think college prep and ACT prep are kind of different things. Mm -hmm. um, we want to keep doing what we do so well, getting them ready for college. We want to make sure that we're also checking all those ACT boxes to give them the best shot to go wherever they want to go. Right, right. And I want to pivot a little bit to another topic here, and that's cell phones. So the, the data seem to be pretty clear that there's some concern out there about how much we allow the use of cell phones. Can you clarify that as far as what we're looking at? Um, we're obviously not going to make any sort of knee-jerk uh, policy change midstream of a, of a year, but I can tell you we're doing some serious research on the impacts of smartphone usage on teenagers and young people and how that impacts uh, academic achievement and just life, social life in a school day. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that data was telling us? Yeah, I want to be clear because we have gotten some questions since the survey summary went out. Uh, if we make any change in policy, it would be to roll back the access, not to allow more access to cell phones during the school day. Um, we The students are here um, with a purpose to learn, and if we determine that the cell phones are a distraction, I think what we would m most likely see is less access for students during the school day while they're here to learn. Um, we got comments uh, kind of across the board, m more specifically targeting the middle school age students. Um, but we are looking at it regardless of the age of the student. We, we are doing our research to see what's in the best interest of the students. And I feel certain there will be some changes next year. We just don't know yet the extent of those changes. Yeah, great. Yeah, so definitely would be a rollback, not an extension of. Uh, I would say through our experiences, maybe 90% of any sort of behavioral issues, social issues, stress uh, that is caused um, for, for kids has been with the use of a cell phone. So um, I think we're taking a really serious look at the impact it, that it's having on a day uh, for kids in school. Well, uh, Trent, then, uh, do you want to take a swing at this next one then for us, talking about a little bit about athletics? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. That clear, that's clearly a focus point also uh, on these. So Yeah, th there's so much room for improvement. I would like to start by saying um, – We've come a long way, baby. I mean, there, there, is, <laughs> there, there is, we've improved so much. And I want to commend uh, Coach King and Coach Scott and all of the people in our athletics department. Um, considering the amount of transition that we experienced, have experienced in our athletic department uh, over the last five years, I can tell you that some of the frustrations that we have come out of just the amount of transition that we've had. You know, we had a period of time uh, with a lot of stability in our athletic department, with the same leadership, with the same coaches, 
Um, and we kind of knew what to expect. When all of that kind of was uh, turned on its head in 2018, we've spent the last five years kind of trying to figure out, you know, what our strategies are and what our future looks like. Um, I want to say specifically, we hear you on middle school sports specifically. Um, it seems like it's a forgotten area in some times. I know parents feel that way. We care a lot about varsity sports. We pour a lot into lower school clinics and lower school sports. And middle school kind of doesn't seem to get the attention it needs. We hear you. And so I can tell you already we have, some, have had some really exciting discussions about how to be middle school specific in doing things with excellence. Um, because I think what that does is build great varsity programs. And so we need varsity coaches who are very interested in middle school sports, and we need middle school coaches who are good at what they do and care about the kids from a discipleship standpoint, but also from knowing the sport and knowing the skills and uh, improving um, uh, the players and the participants in, on their teams. I think one, one thing that really stood out is that we really want to improve the experience, okay? What we're saying is we're not guaranteeing that we're going to have um, state championships in every sport. And we're going to win every game, and um, we would like to be competitive. We would like to do things well, and we would like parents and kids to come out of their time in a sport saying, that was a good experience. I grew. I learned more about the, my, the craft of the sport. I, I learned more about myself uh, through success and through failure. And most importantly, I grew closer to Christ. And so if we can work on improving those experiences across the board, K through 12, athletically, I think uh, we will see an improvement on um, survey uh, input as far as athletics goes. I'm excited because uh, the candor in which you express um, frustration, um, we hear it, you know, and we understand it. And it gives us clear direction, and I think we have some, and are going to make the investments necessary to address some of those things. All right. We'll talk more more specifically about that. Hopefully, by the 29th, we'll have some of those things nailed down that we can actually announce. Yeah, that'll that's exciting. And you know, anytime uh, you've got great feedback like this, it's honestly a little exciting to get to buckle down and plan and improve and come up with stuff. So I, I I'm excited to hear about all that and to share that with everybody. Right. Right. Did you want to mention anything real quick about Thrive? I think Thrive was another big trend, it seemed like, of, of concern that people were sharing. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I tell you what, Trent, when I was reading through all the responses, I kind of heard two different things. One was a lot of excitement about Thrive. Right. And then a lot of curiosity for where is this going to go? Is there going to be more, right? Or even some inconsistencies within our program itself. So, And that's all no surprise to any of us. Uh I think as we told you guys when we rolled it out uh, early in last spring, you know, this was a pilot year for a lot of this. So we've been learning and growing as we go this year. And there's still some things we're troubleshooting even as we speak through the spring semester here. Um, but I would say just uh, probably from an encouragement standpoint, there's some really exciting stuff around the corner uh, for Thrive. Uh, we look forward in the coming year to doing an even better job with utilizing our Thrive time in lower school. What you can expect with that time consistently is for any child who is being identified as, as struggling to have that time to pull out and get support. And for our kids who are maybe on the top end of the spectrum and aren't struggling at all, or maybe even sometimes possibly thinking about getting bored, right, or zoning out, we wanted them to have an opportunity to explore 
something new mm -hmm. that will pique their curiosity, their interest, their intellect. Uh, and then even those kids in the middle, right? We want to provide individualized activities for them as well. And I think we've hit that mark sometimes in lower school this year and other times we've missed it, right? Uh, but we want it to be a moment where everyone gets to explore something that challenges them, that helps them grow. And because we're doing it with everybody at the same time, no one feels like they're missing out of anything, mm -hmm. that, that because of their participation in a support program that they don't get to do something else. So I think it's a great way to you know hit two birds with one stone and we look forward to improving that experience uh, in the coming year. And we've got some great ways that we're planning on doing that. And the second major aspect, uh, this year we piloted a class in sixth grade uh, where we pulled out some kids and gave them some especially challenging science work, let them explore, try to pique some intellectual curiosity. And that class has just been amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, But that was also a pilot experience, and we're mm -hmm. excited that next year we will roll out one in sixth grade, one in seventh grade, and one in eighth grade. Um, what we like about our program the way it is, is essentially when students hit ninth grade, they can begin enrolling in honors courses and doing these types of things anyway. But we've always been kind of hesitant about placing kids in honors classes in middle school because there's so much growth and development during that period. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know when to start and for someone not to miss their opportunity. Mm -hmm. So our focus in middle school has always been about exploration both with the arts, with athletics, with the way our P2 works, and with academics. We want you to try everything to learn about yourself and all these different opportunities. So Thrive's gonna be structured in that way. So we've got a sixth grade class that's gonna be looking at math next year, a seventh grade class in the history English humanities realm, and an eighth grade class in science. So in each of those opportunities, it's not a necessarily a honors section, right, where they're doing the same material just with other honors kids. It's a truly different experience mm -hmm. to explore some new ideas, to find what opportunities there are out for them. Uh, and we want to provide those opportunities throughout middle school to continue exploring before they dive into honors and AP mm -hmm. uh, in ninth grade. So that's another place where we're excited to build out more. And then, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. The last thing, uh, we're real excited that next year our middle school Thrive support will not happen at the same time as our middle school electives. Mm -hmm. So I know those of you who are participants in middle school Thrive Support, you know, it, it's great to have, but it's also kind of disappointing because they miss that opportunity to choose their one elective. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we're working, we've done some work on the schedule for next year and it's gonna be really exciting that anyone who's in middle school Thrive Support won't miss out good uh yeah. on a middle school elective so i think that's going to be a, a really exciting win also so yeah. a lot of good stuff coming in thrive and we're excited to continue to hear more feedback and to continue to grow what is a very young program yeah. for us yeah first year yeah and i can think of no better word to describe all of middle school than exploration <laughs> yeah, aren't, 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 that's that's exactly what every kid is doing right exploring their own life and yes. trying to figure out who they are and what they're Ooh, about. So it's a, it's, a, it's a major era of exploration. There's a trends. lot of exploration going on. <laughs> uh, we want to be sure and guide that. So, well, that, I'm I'm really thankful, Anne, again for all of your work, for the feedback that we receive every year. It's always encouraging. It's always challenging. Um, it's always exciting because it gives us a path to march forward with. And and so, parents, thank you for your feedback and your willingness to share. All right, so we're rapidly accelerating towards the end of our episode. We are not doing a faculty spotlight this week because I don't know if you can tell, but we had a lot to say about all this. So we're still trying to hit our time mark. So let's get going, Trent, with our opportunities to be involved. Uh, I'm going to give Ann the first shot. Saturday the 13th, Ann, an exciting thing happening at the FedEx Forum. What is that? Yes, we have our uh, Grizzlies night at the FedEx Forum 
So you can purchase tickets through a special link that we provided. That Tickets through that link um, will gain you a special wristband that allows you access down to the floor level for the player shoot around. And then at a certain time, you're taken out, and then you can come back in um, closer to game time um, to sit in the seats that you purchased through that link uh, to enjoy the game. So just a fun night. Um, you, you purchase tickets wherever, so it's not like our group sits together necessarily, um, but just a great opportunity if you want to come out, get an up-close look at some of our Grizzlies, you have that opportunity. It's a, it's a fun. For those who did it last year, it was a really a fun night. That's great. Go Grizzlies. Come out and support the Grizzlies and Harding Academy at Harding Hoops with the Grizzlies, Saturday night, the 13th, coming up. And then on Monday, uh, January 15th, is MLK Day. Uh, we will not have school that day. Is that correct, Scott? That's right. <laughs> no school. No school. No school on the 15th of January. Go read a speech. Visit the Civil Rights Museum. Or, or participate in the Race for Reconciliation. You have already received an invitation from... Ms. Holmes, um, and some great information about how to join the Harding Academy team. Last time I checked, I think we had 16 members signed up. I'd love to have that number up over 30 of Harding Academy community members who are coming out uh, just to support the idea that we are one city. Uh, it's a great event. It's a lot of fun. My wife and I have done it. We did it the initial year. We're excited to be back for year three, and Harding Academy is uh, excited to sponsor this event with the team. So, uh, we've sent all that information out. Encourage you to sign up at the link, follow th those directions carefully to join the Harding Academy team and join us on the 15th for the Race for Reconciliation downtown. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening to yet another episode as we rebound for our spring semester episodes. Uh, in the email that went out about this, you should have seen some of our forthcoming episodes, so you can go ahead and be reaching out to us. Email us if you've got any questions in particular about those topics so we can make sure we hit them. But for now, we'll leave you with the encouragement that come back next week to hear about teaching for transformation. Have a great week.